Well, good evening and welcome to our Christmas Eve candlelight service. We're all glad, we're glad that you all decided to join us as we worship the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ tonight. Uh, we want to welcome all of you that are here today, whether you're members of this church, whether you're family, or whether you're guests here. We're so thankful that you've decided to worship with us tonight. That, ex that, that invitation also extends, that welcome also extends to those that are watching on Facebook Live um, that were not able to join us here in person. We are having a, our candlelight service at the, or candle lighting at the end of the service. So if for some reason you did not get one, there are candles at the entryway. I encourage you to do that at some point before the end of the service, as we will be closing our service by lighting the candles and singing Silent Night. So this time I want to invite you to join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we gather here this evening to celebrate the birth of your Son, our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. The true light of the world has come. May you shine your light into our hearts as we turn to you in faith. And hear us now as we join with the heavenly host singing your praises. All to Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As we begin our service, I want to invite Brian and Becky Jones family to come forward for the lighting of the Advent wreath. On this Christmas Eve, we are gathered as God's people to celebrate again what Christ's coming means to the world. We join with Christians all over the world who are celebrating tonight. Tonight, we relight the four Advent candles and recall what the good news means. Hope. Peace, joy, love. Jesus Christ is the greatest gift. He, he makes all these other gifts possible. So we light the Christ candle as we think uh, now, as we think about what Christ's coming means to each one of us. Let us pray. We thank you, God, for the gift of Jesus Christ to the entire world. We thank you that Christ's coming makes hope, peace, joy, and love possible for every person in every nation. Encourage us to do our part to bring goodwill and peace to our families, our churches, our community, and the world. Now let your spirit put us in touch with you, the living God, through the words and music we hear tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And I invite you to stand with us as we open our service now with a reading from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, as well as verses 6 and 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. 
I invite you to remain standing as we sing number 145, O Come, All Ye Faithful. And I invite you to remain standing for our scripture reading. Michelle Dillon will come forward to read from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and 
placed him in a manger because there was no room available for them. Amen. Let's continue to worship him by singing the next song, Christmas Medley. It's a combination of Away in a Manger and Go Tell It on the Mountain. I invite you to sing with us today.
this time I want to invite our children forward for children's chat with Mrs. Lammers. So kids, come on forward. Take a seat up here on the steps. Love to see all of you come forward for this. I'm underdressed. I'm ready for bed. Because if I go to sleep, what happens? What's tomorrow? Christmas. Huh? Not today, tomorrow. And what do we celebrate tomorrow? It's Christmas Eve, you're right. Let's scoot over a little bit. Oh, wow. Five days of Christmas. Whoa. Yeah. Well, what do you do when you get ready for bed? Brush your teeth. Okay, you guys make sure I get everything done here. Because, oh my goodness sakes, where'd it go? Well, there's my comb. Comb my hair. All right, where's my toothbrush? Y'all brush your teeth? Do a really good job? Toothpaste. I need a toothbrush. Now, do you wash your hands? Do you use soap? Do I have to smell your hands to make sure? Huh? Brush my teeth, comb my hair, wash my face and hands. So we'll get that candy sticky stuff on, right? Yeah, get that sticky stuff on. What else do we have? Who's thirsty when they go to bed? How many times? You might get by with two. Three doesn't make it. Five? Ten? Oh, good idea. All right. Got a bedtime story. Oh, there's one about Christmas. Oh, about Christmas. And who takes a friend to bed with them? Huh? Who has a friend? Well, yes, good, good idea. Jesus is your friend. Oh, yeah. Isn't he cute, Teddy Bear? Okay. I think we're missing something. What did we forget to do? Excuse me? Pray. We forgot our Jesus time. We got so excited about Christmas, we forgot our Jesus time. And you know you can have Jesus time any time of the day. It just doesn't have to be at night. You can have it when you eat. You can have it when you're on the playground. You can have it when you're in school. Jesus time is really important. Now, can you imagine the boys and girls in Bethlehem probably didn't have beds to sleep on. They probably slept on a rug on the floor. They didn't probably have teddy bears like this, did they? And they had no idea what was going to happen in Bethlehem. What was going to happen in Bethlehem? Jesus is going to be born, and he'd be born in a hospital, right? No. Where? In a stable, a stinky stable? Oh, but God took care of a manger. All right. But a lot of those people had no idea what was going on. There's something in the sky, though. The star is in the sky. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And you know what? The angels came. And who did they come to talk to? The shepherds. And what did they tell the shepherds? Huh? 
to you and you and you and everybody out there. A baby was born. He was born to take away our sins so we could go to heaven. He's our Savior, Christ the Lord. All these special things are what we need to think about tomorrow, isn't it? Because Jesus came from heaven to earth for you and for me and everybody. He's here to love you, to forgive you, and help you when you're sad or upset, and place in you the love that you can share with other people. And that good news is something we share with other people, isn't it? That is great. Yeah. So tomorrow, it's Christ's birthday. So remember that first, and don't forget your Jesus time tonight when you go to bed. Okay? Yeah. Let us say a prayer. Dear Jesus, one very special night in Bethlehem, you were born. You were born for us. Thank you for coming to earth. Thank you for forgiving us, for loving us, and for promising us the gift of heaven you have waiting for us. This is a special night for us because you are in our lives. Jesus, this is a special night because one night in Bethlehem you were born for us. We love celebrating your birth. We love sharing this news with our friends and family. It's almost Christmas, and that's a very special day. But you make every day and night special. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, kids. Thanks, Carolyn, for that wonderful children's chat. You guys can head back to your seats with your families. And as you're doing that, I want to invite the Rohrbaugh's up for the, their quartet. Um, they're going to be blessing us with some special music this evening. Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear? Said the night wind to the little lamb. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little
said the shepherd boy to the mighty king. Do you know what I know? Do you know what I know? In your palace warm, mighty king. Do you know what I know? Do you know what I know? A child, a child, shivers in the cold. Let us bring him silver and gold. Let us bring him silver and gold. Said the king to the people everywhere. Listen to what I say. Listen to what I say. Pray for peace, people everywhere. Listen to what I say, listen to what I say. The child, the child, sleeping in the night, he will bring us goodness and light. He will bring us goodness and light. Do you hear what I hear? From Luke 2, 8-14. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. If you're able, I invite you to stand as we join in with that heavenly host singing, Glory to God in the highest heaven. It's number 133 in your blue hymnals, Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
Amen. You may be seated. It's Christmas Eve. We're going to be collecting an offering while the choir leads us in another song here in just a moment. Um, for those of you that have regularly attended our Christmas Eve service for years, you know that we've been, we normally support the Tanner's Romanian mission and we'll continue to do that tonight. So if you're able to give and, and feel like giving towards that mission, um, the deacons will be around during the song to collect the offering. The work there in Romania does continue. Uh, we know that Sandy went to be with the Lord this fall, but her husband Bruce is continuing the work that they began together for many years. And so our offering tonight does go to support that, that mission, and I encourage you to give as the Lord leads you to give. I want to invite our deacons to come forward to collect the offering at this time.
Amen. Thank you. I invite you to pray with me at this time. You have waited since the fall and in Genesis 3 to witness your plan for salvation. Like Simeon, we can now say we have seen that, the, the, that our eyes have seen your salvation. We thank you that the coming of Jesus means an end to sin and death and shame, and that we can experience that for ourselves through faith in you. Lord Jesus, you were born to die. You laid your life down as a perfect, righteous sacrifice for our sins, and you were raised to life again for our justification. We thank you that Christmas means that you have, you have begun your rescue mission for us, that, that the time that you have appointed to send your son, send your Messiah, send our Savior has come. And now we look back on that time with joy and anticipation and hope, knowing, Lord, that you have saved us and redeemed us. We praise you, Heavenly Father, for your great love for us that, that was demonstrated through Christ on the cross and poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. I pray that, that all of us that are gathered here today can, can turn to you and look to you as we think about the themes of, of hope and joy and peace and love. May we find those things truly and fully in a relationship with you. And I pray, Lord, that that as we gather here as your body and sing your praises, may you open our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us today. As Carolyn reminded us during, during Children's Chat, Lord, what a great reminder that we can get so caught up in the busyness of this season and the distractions that abound and in the, in the excitement of the good things that we do this time of year. Let us not lose sight of the most important thing, and that is you, Lord God. We thank you for who you are and all that you've done for us. I pray that all here today, anyone here today that does not know you would know you and trust you as their Lord and Savior. I pray all these things in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. This time I invite Lord Brad for our next scripture reading. Next reading comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 15 through 20. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Thanks, Brad. Let's pray together again. Father God, we thank you now that as we have the opportunity to turn to your word, that you would light our hearts, that you'd fill us with your love, and help us to see your goodness in what we hear today. We pray this in Christ's name. 
Amen. So speaking of all the things that that keep us busy and distracted this time of year, one of the things that we like to do as a family is go out and at least one night during the Christmas season and look at all the Christmas lights that we see around town. And there's a lot lot of good things going on here in New Knoxville. We also went over to Walpawk to the Auglaise County Fairgrounds, and we saw a lot of great lights. Um, one of the things that appeals to Allie and I's competitive nature is, is we decided to get a scavenger hunt of Christmas lights. I don't know if any of you have ever done this before, but you can find them on the internet and they're a checklist of different um, decorations that you have to try to find. And some of them are really easy. Santa Claus, right? Rudolph and Frosty, right? Those are easy ones. There's some that weren't so easy. Um, so if you are the person who lives on Hoagie Street, I think, here in New Knoxville that has a polar bear in your yard, thank you, because that was the last one, and it took us a long time to find that. So thank you to the person who had the polar bear. As I mentioned, we went up to the, the, scat, the uh, light display at the Auglaise County Fairgrounds, and if you had a chance to go up there, it's really well done, and there's tons of lights, and you snake your way through the fairgrounds and look at all these different displays. At one point, we had stopped in front of this large nativity scene, and we were pointing out all the, all the people that were there, and, you know, there was baby Jesus and Mary and the wise men. And then one of the kids, I don't remember if it was Miles or Josephine, said, look, it's Santa Claus shooting a basketball. And right behind the nativity scene was Santa Claus shooting a basketball into a hoop. And I thought, I don't remember him being there at the nativity on that first Christmas. You know, lights are a regular part of our Christmas decorations, whether it's on our Christmas tree at our own homes or driving around the neighborhood. Um, We put Christmas lights everywhere. We even light candles throughout the Advent season and on Christmas Eve to remember who God is and what he's done for us. And as we've already heard heard tonight, Christmas is a time to remember that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He is the true light who shines in the darkness. See, light is a symbol of hope. And it's no wonder then that it's used in Isaiah 9 to talk about what God is going to do for his people. The words were from our call to worship tonight. But I just want to remind you of what Isaiah 9-2 says. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Of those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. All right, there's a, there's a parallelism happening here in that verse. Right? There's, there's people walking in darkness that have seen a great light. And then the people that live in the land of deep darkness, um, a light has dawned on them. And, and you look at those two words and you think it's just a, a repetition there. But it's actually two different words that are used in the Hebrew language. The first word, the first time it happens, is just a simple word for darkness, just physical darkness around us. But the second instance of darkness, where our English Bibles translate it deep darkness, is actually the same word that's in Psalm 23, 4, which is probably another passage that's familiar to you. The old King James says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Right, that word there is not just normal darkness but it's a it's a spiritual darkness it's an emotional darkness it's the it's a metaphor for the darkness and the brokenness that we experience in our lives see physical darkness is a is a metaphor is a symbol for that spiritual darkness and it doesn't take long for us to look around and see that our world is full of darkness There's death, there's anxiety, there's distress, there's danger. The list could go on and on. 
See, we live in a world that is broken by sin and the effects of sin, and we experience them every day, and nothing escapes its grasp. Right, anyone who has, um, has, has ever tried to walk around in total darkness knows what, that, what that's like. Right? It's almost impossible to do regular everyday things when you can't see the world around you. Right? And it's amazing how many Legos your bare feet can find as you're trying to walk across a room without the lights on. Right? It's almost impossible. Right? It's disorienting. It can be dangerous at times. And spiritual darkness is like that too. It can be disorienting. Right? It can be dangerous. And we will certainly wander aimlessly if left to our own devices. And so we need a light. Right? We live in the way. It says here that there's a people walking in darkness. Who's he, who's he talking about here? Well, there's, there's the immediate answer, and then there's the more general answer that can apply to us. Isaiah here is talking to a, a group of people that experienced very difficult times. If you look back to verse 1, you see references to specific areas within the land of Israel. And that land had experienced war, had experienced hardship. The Assyrian Empire had come in and devastated their land and their homes and their livelihood. And so they had experienced very real devastation. But the people walking in darkness could also refer to all people who have experienced the brokenness of the world. Right? As I've already said, just look around us. It doesn't take long to realize we live in a broken and dark world. Right? Now, I don't know what you're carrying in with you today, what, what sort of brokenness you've experienced, what sort of darkness you've seen in your life. But, but to one degree or another, we've all experienced it. We are all a people who are walking in darkness. We've all experienced what it means to walk through the valley of the shadow of death to one degree or another. We've all experienced the brokenness of this world. And it's broken because of sin, not necessarily our sin, right? It's not necessarily the result of our own decisions, our own actions, but it's just the, the, the way that sin has affected and broken this world. We all experience it in one way. And for some of you, right, the pain of that, the pain we experience in this world is quite fresh. For others, maybe you carry old wounds that won't seem to heal. But none of us escape this life unscathed. We are all impacted to one degree or another by the darkness that's around us. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, Paul says that all of creation is affected by the, by the reality of sin. In verse 18, he says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Right? No one is immune to the brokenness of the world. And the more pain and hardship that we experience, the more we long for its redemption. Right? We, we better understand that prayer that's found in the Bible, come Lord Jesus, right? come quickly. How many of you have prayed that prayer recently? Come, Lord Jesus, bring healing, make things right. We all long for that in our own way. So Advent, the season that we are just coming to a close here, is a, is a season of waiting. It's a season of expectation. 
It's a season where we acknowledge the darkness and the brokenness in the world around us. And if we're honest, right, it's not just in the world out there. It's in our own hearts. It's in our own minds, too. Sin and brokenness affect us to the very core. So let me ask you, do you feel like a person walking in darkness? Do you feel lonely or broken or hurt? Well, tonight's for you, right? The gospel message is for you. Advent isn't just a season of expectation and waiting and hope. It's a season where we look to the light that dawns and overcomes that darkness. The light has come and it will come again and it will drive away the darkness and despair. But the question we have to ask ourselves is what is that hope then? What is the light that shines in the darkness? Well, Isaiah connects that light with the birth of a child. Again, we already heard verses 6 and 7 of Isaiah read for us tonight, but it reminds us that a son is born. It's this announcement that a child will come. And this child isn't just any child, right? He is, he is one that will rule with authority. He is one that will be described as a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. His authority and his peace will know no end. Right? Doesn't that sound pretty good right about now? Doesn't it sound, wouldn't you want to experience that for yourselves? The, the peace and the, the righteousness and the justice that God, only God can provide and only God can bring? Well, it can be found in this child. You want to experience that? And we live under the authority of that child. His authority means peace and righteousness and justice. It means a world in which everything is as it should be. And that world will never end. By now you all know about these devastating tornadoes that went through Kentucky. I saw this video of, that was showing some of the destruction of the homes and businesses that had taken place there. And the striking thing about this video wasn't the, the destruction all around. It was that in the midst of that destruction in this one home, there was a gentleman sitting at the corner of his, what was his house playing his piano. And he was singing the old Gaither song, um, There's Just Something About That Name. Right? Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about that name. Right? Everything we experience in this life, even the good things, are only temporary. But his kingdom will reign forever. And we see in Isaiah 9, ultimately, it's the Lord himself that will accomplish this. It's not based on human effort or will. God is sovereign and he will see it done. No human effort right, can accomplish it. Only the will of the Father. And so a child is to be born to us, and he's going to provide the light and the hope that we need. And it's that idea that the Apostle John picks up on in John chapter 1. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. See, the light that dawned in the darkness, that was Jesus. God the Father sending his Son in order to save and redeem us. The life was the light for all people, right? Jesus gives us life, both physical life through his creation, but also spiritual life through his death and his resurrection. And it says here, John 1, 5 says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. 
right? How important is that for us in our world today to know that the darkness cannot overcome the light? I said earlier that physical darkness is a metaphor for that spiritual darkness. And and here's where we can build on that some more. You see, physical darkness, what we call darkness, is really just the absence of light. Right? And no amount of darkness can overcome even the smallest ray of light. Right? Darkness cannot, cannot overcome it. And so the same is true in a spiritual sense. No matter how dark our world is, no matter how much brokenness and sin and shame and guilt, etc., we experience in the world, it cannot conquer the light of life. It cannot conquer Jesus, who is the light of the world, and he will conquer the darkness and give spiritual life to all who believe. So there's three things I want to I encourage you with here tonight. Knowing that the light has dawned, that the light of the world has come, first we need to trust in that light. John, Continuing in John 1 and verse 9, he says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming in the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but the world did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born. We, the world has rejected the light both then and now because it doesn't understand it. See, the way of Jesus seems foolishness to the world. To give up our life, to deny ourselves, seems strange. But that's exactly what Jesus did for us, and that's what he calls us to do for him. And when we do that, we'll experience the real peace that comes through Jesus, right? Think again about Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. Doesn't that sound pretty good right now? A God who is a, 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 God who's a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, a prince of peace, right? After everything we've been through the last couple of years, I'll take that, Right? And I look forward to that when that becomes a reality for us. So we need to trust in Jesus. The second thing we need to do is look for the dawn, right? The reality in this world is that sometimes we can't see the light because of the darkness around us. It may seem too overwhelming, but remember that we need to choose to look for it. We need to seek it out. We need to choose to believe even when it's difficult. As the saying goes, the sky is darkest just before the dawn, but remember, right, let's just keep going with this, this light, meta, light and darkness metaphor, right? The sun doesn't stop shining just because it's nighttime, right? The sun is still shining in all of its brilliance and all of its glory. It's just hidden by the earth. We just can't see it from our perspective. Just because we're experiencing darkness, just because we're going through difficult times, just because we are broken by this world doesn't mean that God's light has stopped shining, Sometimes it's just hard for us to see from our perspective. And so when you feel the light, the, excuse me, the darkness closing in, when, you, when you're broken and hurting and when you can't see the light, know that it is still shining and that God is still good even when we can't see his goodness. Right? His promises are true even when we don't experience them in the world around us. The light of dawn often begins with the faintest hint of color on the horizon and it grows slowly. Look for those little rays of light in your own life. And finally, we need to be the light 
to others who need to see it. Sometimes God puts us in someone else's life so we can shine his light so they can see it. In Matthew 5, Jesus, who is the light of the world, tells his disciples this. He says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before all people. That they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Right? We're commanded to let our light shine so that others may see it. Remember, it's not our own light. We simply reflect the light of Christ just as the moon reflects the light of the sun. And we do it so that people can see Christ in you. I guarantee you there's probably someone in your life right now, family, friend, coworker, who's struggling. And this, this season we are reminded that we are the light of the world, that Jesus shines his light through us. And let your light shine. God may choose you to shine his light into someone else's life. And we need to let him. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you this Christmas season that you have overcome the darkness, that you have shined your light into this world, that we may experience it for ourselves. Help us to see that light. Help us to experience your love for ourselves. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. This time I want to invite forward Brittany Clinton for another piece of special music as we prepare to light the candles this evening. The shepherds left their flocks by night to see this baby wrapped in light. A host of angels led them all to you. It was just as the angels said, you'll find him in a manger bed. Amen. 
ushers and deacons that are here today. We should make a line right up here as we begin our last song here. As we talked about already here tonight, Jesus is the light of the world, but he also calls us to be the light of the world. I lit my candle here from the Christ candle on our Advent wreath, and I'm going to go down the line here in just a moment and, and light these candles here, and then that light is going to be distributed throughout the sanctuary as the, the lights are darkened and we sing Silent Night. But the reason we do this is because it's a very physical symbol of what we just talked about, that through Christ, His light shines through us, and that as His people, we are called to be a light in the darkness that we are called to allow his light to shine in us that others may see God and glorify our Father in heaven. That's what we're called to do. And this Christmas season, it is his light that shines in us. It is the birth of our Savior that gives us hope, that encourages us and enables us to live for him. So as we begin, begin to pass this light around the sanctuary, And we sing Silent Night together. Keep that in mind as we do that. And in just a moment, Kay's going to start. And I invite you all to stand with us as we sing Silent Night together.
Now go in peace and let your light shine before all men, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Christ the Savior is born. Hallelujah. You may go in peace.